Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sonic Talk episode uh, 590, recording today on Wednesday, the, what is it? It's the 18th of September. How did we suddenly get there? I used about this time of year, I start talking about the weather, but uh, I'm not going to, uh, well, I just did, I suppose, but I'm not going to go into any detail because this isn't a, top, a weather podcast. It's a podcast to do with music technology, uh, that's uh, synthesizers, software, music production, studio work, live production, all of those things surrounding that whole kind of ecosystem of that. And we've got a fulsome panel this week, which I'm sure you'll be delighted to know. Uh, I will save the, 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 the least often on till last, just so that we know which order we're going in. Uh, but we will start on with, uh, well, start with Mr. Yoad Nevo, who's there in his studio. Um, Yoad, of course, producer, remixer, mix engineer in his studio in, uh, I'm just trying to figure out where that noise is coming from, uh, in, in London. How are you, Yoad? Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Just uh, getting prepared We're, for that. Uh, I should say now there's no show next week because we're going to Tokyo for the Yamaha 45 synth um, years of synth uh, celebrations. Uh, we're going to Hamamatsu, which I'm really excited about. But we'll we'll get on to that in a bit. Uh, how's your week been? Have you uh, been churning out Quite. banging mixes? Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> so came, I was I was in Tel Aviv at Waves last week. We did a show. From there, I, I mean, I did a show from there last week. Uh, came back on Sunday and straight to some mix work and and stuff in here. Was trying. Do, do you remember when you were here? I was um, telling you about the the world of pulse. Oh yeah. You know that I have four of them, and you can kind of do a spillover thing, so you can have a polyphonic. You can play four voices on them, so it's quite fiddly so we were trying to to make it work we managed to get three out of four working so at the moment i have three voices polyphony on on the pulse which is great so hopefully we'll get the fourth one going and my dream is to get like 12 of them or something like that or at least eight but starting with four i like i i think i told you i think it's the best the best sounding synth ever it's like it's so good. It's so solid. It has some something really solid about it, but it's so lush and, and, and rich. It has three oscillators, an amazing filter. I just love it, and I can't wait to 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 be able to play it, you know, polyphonically. Well, I hope all of that time investment works out and and pays you back in love and joy that you get from that. It did sound very good. <laughs> the other thing that sounded really good at Yard uh, Studio was the uh, Chroma Polaris. And uh, we, we have some audio of that somewhere. We're still working on the edits. We're going to probably get that out when we get back from uh, Japan. But uh, more on that later. But thank you very much for joining us, Yoad. Uh, we'll also say hello to uh, Mr. Dominic Hawken, who's there in his studio. Dominic, of course, uh, he's an app developer at the moment. as one of his main things. But also songwriter, producer. And sit- I can see the Sherman filter back there. I didn't see that before. Yes. Yeah, nicely. So, but your Snuggle Sounds app is, is up Lovely. and running. It is. It is. Yes, I've been on for a bit. I've been up to quite a lot. But Snuggles, the key thing is Snuggle Sounds is up. So go search the App Store for Snuggle Sounds and give it a try because it's free. And I'd love to get your feedback. Um, and that's a sleep and relaxation thing that I've been doing for about the last year has finally kind of come to fruition. So it's really exciting. It's doing quite well as well. And the main thing, 
is that people are actually falling asleep when they listen to it, which is quite important, having spent the last year doing it, that it, it did actually work when it came out. So that's cool. Bit of a problem for user reviews, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, people are commenting on the app. It's, sort of, it's a victim of its own success. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is true. This is true. But no, it's been really good. It's been a, it's been a bit of a bit of a ride working out how to code through to getting the stuff onto the app store through to doing the whole thing. But it really works. So uh, that's the idea. Yeah, Go good shot. And um, also, what have I been up to? I've done a little bit of film music. I've been trying to get into film music. So that's for some really small films and bits and pieces just to kind of get my hand in. And it is very, very hard work. And I've been playing with this, which I have to give back tomorrow, which I absolutely love. Oh, yeah. Love. I remember you absolutely fell in love with it, didn't love. you? Yeah. And it has to go back tomorrow. But I've had it for a, for a couple of months now. And I swapped it for my OB6. Um, a DSi OB6 just for a couple of months to play around with it and it's gone going back but apart from that really it's just been a bit of coding to be honest and playing around with new stuff looking at uh, all the new Roland stuff coming out as well just yeah well we, can, we we've got one more to talk about with that and uh, we've got just the guy who uh, hopefully will have uh, some views on this because we didn't get around to it last time uh, finally our guest is Mr Cory Banks people with Tech Report uh, has been on the show a few times we haven't seen him for ages I guess he's been kind of busy doing his own thing how are you Cory you well? I'm good, man. Good to be here. I know it's ghastly early in the morning where you are, so, you know, fair play for you uh, making the effort. I hope you're an early guy, though, right? We didn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm up early. This is not too bad. It's, it's 8 o'clock here, but, you know, um, I typically, as a matter of fact, all of last week I was getting up at 4 in the morning, so what of it? Yeah, so <laughs> this is like lunchtime for you, pretty much. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> so, Corey, right. uh, you've been, uh, I mean, no, you've been doing loads of stuff. I mean, probably since the last time we saw you, you were just starting the kind of ModBap movement, which is the kind of modular mm -hmm. and uh, beats, I guess, and that's really become yeah. a real thing, hasn't it? Yeah, man, it's catching on. I mean, the, the idea was to combine sort of uh, add Eurorack and modular synthesis to, to hip hop and boom bap production. And I called it mod bap. I got a couple buddies who are doing the same thing, who've been doing some of the same thing. Then we had a couple people that are pretty popular started doing it. It's just it's catching on. And so I've been doing some live shows and a lot of cool stuff is coming from it. Yeah, and I saw you've been doing like uh, panel discussions and kind of uh, flying mm -hmm. the flag. So it looks like you—it's—it's it's going places. So we're, we're lucky to yeah. have you, I reckon. <laughs> uh, I'm, this is like home. I'm—I'm I'm happy to be here. I wish I could come out more often. I know. I, I wish so too. I know, but it's—it's it's hard to juggle everything in life. And uh, yeah, but I, I get that. Well, I suppose maybe the first thing we should do is—I'll jump to the second topic because this is probably something that you might have a thought of. You, obviously, the, there was a lot of Roland stuff out. In fact, last week's show was called "Now That's What I Call Roland," in homage to the "Now That's What I Call." greatest hits because it's basically all their stuff seems to be kind of coming back you know like the the uh, in the jx mm -hmm. jxm you get an xv engine and all the, a jp engine and all that so so let me play this a little bit of video that we've got for the mc uh, 707 ah oh in fact i could <laughs> so start David, from the beginning here again. why don't we just start from the beginning because there was actually a demo song or maybe not so, David, we're here yeah. again at another yes. Roland launch. Uh, this time we're at uh, your place, yeah. your gaff, which is at Metropolis. That didn't go quite as I expected, but I'm sure everybody's seen a demo of it. In fact, there was a that, as well as the 707, there's the 101, and there was a really, really good demo I saw on Facebook. And I'm trying to remember the name of the guy who did it. He's uh, a modular guy, and it was just absolutely rocking. Mm. Um, so, what, you know, new Roland stuff. I mean, as you can see, you're kind of synth guy, but I mean, typically... 
kind of the mod bat and the hip hop guys are using MPCs, and this is a kind of nod to that that kind of concept. It's not very paddy, but it's a sim. The idea of a standalone thing, sequencer, sampler, whatever. How are you? Uh, are you excited about this? Is this something that you kind of think? Mm, yeah, I'm actually. I'm excited about that and the MC 101 because I mean it's basically the same thing, just you know, a larger one and a small one. I think it's really dope. I think it's a good idea. We've all been like all the beat maker friends that I have, we've all been wanting them to to do this again. Didn't know what form it would come in. You know, there was the the MV eighty eight hundred. Everybody was thinking it was gonna be a uh, a nine thousand at some point, and that got uh, I've heard oh, that yeah, it, I remember. it was yeah, yeah. for years ago but it got shelved and so to see a 707 and a 101 come out i think it's brilliant and and you know what i think it makes more sense because there's a whole movement behind the sp404 right and yeah and i think what this does is kind of play to those guys you're going to have sp404 guys going crazy for the mc 101 and and maybe looking at the 707 as an upgrade so yeah i think it was brilliant i'm i'm excited to see it as a matter of fact one of the rolling guys and i are supposed to get together soon so he can kind of give me a run through and show me you know what it does and and, and all of that stuff but yeah i'm excited for it I'm trying to remember the name of the guy who did the demo. I think it's is it Basek or Baycheck? He does loads of modular stuff. Oh, Basek, yeah. Basek, he did a yeah. really good demo of it, and it was like, yeah, that. I, I commented on it. I said, yeah, that's that's how to do it. It was just him with the MC One Hundred and One in this absolutely banging tune with loads of sections to it and movement, and it was like, yeah. oh, out of this box that's kind of this big. Which, and I think that mm -hmm. one, like you said, I think that one might be the the surprise hit of the batch of uh, Roland's products coming out. I don't know yet, but that that could be kind of interesting. I think you're right. I think it's going to be the, like, because honestly, when I saw the 707, then I saw the 101, I was like, oh, well, that looks interesting. And what's happening is it's pretty much the same thing, but with half the tracks. Yeah. And I was noticing that the 707 has inputs for sampling audio, but the 101 doesn't. And so I stopped at KnobCon and I asked the dude, like, so you can't sample on the 101? He said, yeah, you can, but you have to do it through uh, audio over USB. So, uh, okay. you know, if it's connected to a computer, then you can sample in via audio over USB. So, I mean, I think that 101 is going to be huge. Mm, interesting. I'll come to you, Don, yeah. because you didn't get a chance to kind of put in on any of the other Roland stuff. I mean, you may have some thoughts of that, but because, mm. uh, um, you know, they, one of the things they said was users have been asking us to re resurrect the groove box. And we were also <laughs> going, have they? But, you know, hearing from <laughs> from uh, from Corey and what, what his experience is, then maybe that's the case. Maybe we're just not hanging out with the right people. I think there's been a lot of chat about trying to get a new, um, like a core groove box going and stuff like that, because there, there's definitely a gap in the market. I wasn't so sure people have been asking Roland for it, but um, but you know the, the the core stuff. I think people are after. I mean, I, I love it. I'm a I'm a real Roland fanboy, and uh, obviously I've seen quite a few people going, oh, they've released this Jupiter thing and it's not like a Jupiter Eight and it's blah blah blah. And it's just like it's all brilliant. It's it's absolutely fab the stuff that they're doing and the groove box is good exactly. For what was what was just said really with that that SP four hundred four. I mean, I've been trying to pick up an SP four hundred four off of eBay now, and the prices have gone bonkers just because they sound so kind of squelchy and the filters sound so warm. Um, I would say that for me, the Deluge is the groove box of of choice. Oh yeah, really. yeah, no, absolutely. And, and there, it's more expensive, um, but not that much more. So I've been sort of saying to people, you know, check it out as well because it's it does pack a lot more punch. I don't want to be an advert for Deluge because those. The Roland boxes are really cool. And I'm not so sure these days how many people want to sample directly in a mic and in the back. Um, so the USB thing that was just 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 mentioned by, by Corey is like, 
um, is a really important thing, I think. And no, they're great. They're great. What I would have said with the other Jupiter stuff that had I been on last week is that Roland have always been about from the very, very early days, mimicking real instruments. Those guys were absolutely, all they, all those Jupiters, the JX3Ps, that everything was about trying to make a real piano sound or a real sound. That's why things like the JX3P have got preset names on them called strings and piano and, and stuff. And everything else about, you know, hardcore synth sounds and really thick, wonderful. It's like an accident. It's, an ac it's a total accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 303 and the, and, the, and the 606 were meant to be your little rhythm accompaniment when you're practicing guitar, you know, and it is an accident. And they, they kind of didn't get off that train until very recently when they realized that there was a market for, for the kind of legacy kits. So they addressed that with things like the boutiques and so forth. And that's a whole other story. Um, but yeah, I just, I think it was brilliant. We actually had some of the Roland guys come and use the studio that I was running in Chiswick for a while to record the obscure African um, kind of percussion instruments and stuff for one of those cards. I think it was like a 1080 or a 2080 card. And I've never seen such a weird looking bunch of you know, well, I was going to say weird-looking bunch of people arrived. They were quite weird-looking, but the instruments were quite weird-looking as well. And the meticulous kind of attention to detail about recording these things, we're talking many years ago, was, was crazy. And it was like they were absolutely hooked on trying to mimic real instruments with synths when we now realise clearly you kind of don't have to do that anymore. That's, that's so funny. That, that's so funny. So yeah. their whole their whole thing is built on the fact that it, that they were going for something else. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. Yeah, uh, I know you were um, you were sort of saying that the J the AXM was you know something that you might actually go for uh, Groovebox stuff. I guess you know with a studio that you've got, you're probably not something not necessarily something you're going to require all that often, right? Yeah, you say that. But when the MPC Live came out, I went out and bought it. Well, didn't go out physically because I got it delivered, like as 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 things as uh, happen today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, and and I and and I have the and I have the machine and I, but even with the machine, I kind of use the software and not the, like the plugin and rather than the the hands-on thing because I think I've said it before. I'm quite happy with a with the mouse and and small keyboard that I have in the desk. Um, I'm quite happy and content with that, and just the thought of of doing of starting something on one platform and then having to to port it to another platform, i.e. the you know the the desktop yeah, and all that. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so I just tend to to do everything in the box, at, at least when when writing or, or making beats. So um, it looks great, though. It looks kind of I like the the new look. The new kind of push NI and now Roland look with a with a you know um, uh, it's. I wonder it, if it's it going to be kind of I, tempting. I, I know. I think it's probably going to work maybe the other way around. So once you've done all that stuff in the box and you want to take it out, you could then put it onto <laughs> that and just have maybe something tiny that you can run the show off. That seems to be the direction Possibly. that maybe it'd be more exciting for it, perhaps. Uh, yeah, but but I mean, you know, but I only represent myself, and I'm sure it's great. It's a great machine for. Uh, uh, I shouldn't say machine. It's a great device for for a lot of a lot of people. And with regards to the 101, I'm just wondering. Because my phone is able to connect, I'm, I'm able to connect the Focusrite um, Scarlet thing straight to the phone without wow. going through a computer. So I'm just wondering whether it's possible to connect a USB 
from a sound card straight into the 101 as as a front so you can sample stuff oh i see like host yeah i'm not sure i don't know if it's got a host so, that, so then that's you a, can yeah. skip the whole laptop situation at all and and yeah just, i don't know that's a good you know, question be completely to ask. mobile good question to ask yeah. I don't know. yeah i don't know yeah no that, that would be a fascinating one maybe that's the case okay um well I think it's going to be these things. I think they're aiming, heading to the shops now. And I think it's going to be I th the MC101 was around. It was some really bizarre price they quoted, like £429. So I don't know what. And I think at the moment we're pretty much parity dollars and, and pounds. So we're probably going to. It's It feels, you know, it's, for the size of it, it looks expensive. But I think the utility mm -hmm. of it is probably going to be something that a lot of people kind of go, you know, that's cool. I could almost put it in my pocket. You know, it's almost. Almost that size. So, uh, yeah, good luck to them. Uh, okay, right. We've got uh, a word from our friends over at SoftTube, and then I will be back with some more topics. So this is uh, Monument. Uh, this is the bassist of Actually, I reviewed it, and when it comes to bass, it has actually got a lot of bass, and there's no denying it. Uh, super high-quality bass synths with 100 different stereo waveforms. Uh, from lots of different boutiques since top-notch synth architecture, uh, lots of presets. It really does feel like master ready when you hit it. You've got all these effects that kind of, it slots right in there uh, without necessarily having to do anything else. Uh, modern bass, mix ready, monument bass. If you head over to SoftTube, uh, you can download uh, it right from there, buy it straight from the site. I don't have the exact price on me, but it's certainly got a real vibe to it. So just head over to SoftTube and you get some more information. There's a bunch of demos on there also. You can check out our review as well, which uh, I've, I've got some nice sounds out of it. And so thank you very much for them for supporting the podcast. Right, um, let's see. What are we going to do next? Gosh, there's so much to do. Hmm, I think I might do this. The interface. The MIDI interface. You want to do that one next? All right, uh, have I got that? Yes, we have. I think because uh, Jim, who was at NobCon for us, recorded a... Uh, a video with the guys. Uh, they did Noodler as well. And this MIDI interface is a really cool idea. I should have uh, snipped these off, but I want to say thanks to our sponsors for the uh, Nobcom performance. Nobcom, here we go. Productive Labs, and we just did a Kickstarter to launch our MRCC, the MIDI Router Control Center. Um, this is a prototype of the original of what we're doing. Uh, we've got 11 inputs and 17 outputs um, that are. Uh, that are routable. Let's talk a minute about the inputs. So we've got uh, input jacks, the uh, 3.5 millimeter jacks for both flavors, as well as the five pin. So six of those in total. We have four USB host control so that we can use equipment that's uh, typically targeted at DAWs, but this will be great for DAWless jamming. And then a standard USB port for back up to a computer or an iPad if you, if you want to use SoftSynth. Uh, on the output side, um, we have um, 12 outputs here. Again, we support both flavors of the 3.5 jacks. Um, and, uh, and of course, MIDI is uh, uh, MIDI over USB is bidirectional, so these are also outputs. Okay, that was I was going to So those are... It, on the this is a Kickstarter which is doing really really well. Um, it seems like a, a no-brainer and a really good idea because essentially most MIDI interfaces they, it bridges all of the kind of it doesn't have to have a computer involved. We could just plug a controller in, route it to a load of outputs, route it to the computer, route it to the, you know. So it just looks like a really cool idea. And uh, yeah, I'm going to come to you because I know you've got a ridiculously complicated and massive uh, MIDI setup. I mean, your interfaces typically would have eight. 
ports in and out, wouldn't they? So this would give you a bit more than that. So is this something that you find quite thrilling, <laughs> the idea of Absolutely. it? Absolutely. I use, I use um, five MIDI timepiece, Mark of the Unicorn MIDI timepiece 2 uh, or AV or whatever. They're very old uh, devices. So I use four of them, uh, five of them, eight ports each. So I have 40 ports in and 40 ports out, which are all... I could use more if I had them. So I need to, to merge some stuff because it's, it's not even enough. So for me, I used, I, I, I've been using them for years and years. Um, and they're great because you can do a lot of stuff. You can do all the routing, you can do filtering. So you can mute some events, uh, nodes, controllers, CSEX and stuff like that. You can convert some, um, events to other events like, you know, trans transform or transpose and things like that uh, not transpose as such but uh, you can do a yeah. lot of stuff without the computer just on the box and i'm i'm so quick on it by now dialing in in you know the, the through the menus and stuff i love that those these are really old machines and you can network them together um to create <clears throat> basically so i've been looking for something these are this is really old technology the, the timing on it is not great uh, so I'm, I was really looking for, for something like that. And, and I think that this is going to be great. I, I, I saw this, uh, this little, um, not review, this little item, but I, I wanted to know more about those systems because if it can do stuff like filtering and uh, manip some manipulation on, uh, on the MIDI data, that, and it fits yeah. in the rack. Oh, hold on. I, can, I think I can answer that question. It says front panel UI routing and config, config port clocks, notes, channel uh, and, and filters. And look, there's an optional, an optional seven remote ports over Ethernet cable. So you can expand. Yeah, it but they're the mirror. Yeah, but they mirror the existing seven ports. So it's not additional ones ah, like you used okay. to have on the Atari. If you remember, you had the yeah. Uniter and then you had the extra four ports on the printer port. Uh, but it, it looks to me like a really, really great uh, system and I would love to, to get in touch with the, with the guys who, who make it. And uh, Yeah, look, well, I mean, because nobody, not, not many, but there are, I think you can probably buy big uh, multi-port MIDI interfaces, but I'm struggling to think of who actually makes them. I guess Motu probably still make a couple, or, but uh, AVB they do. ones. They do, but it's, but, so, but yeah, there's not they much do. choice. They're really, they're really expensive. Yeah, they're really expensive. Mm -hmm. And they usually come at eight ports and, uh, you know, and I'm not even sure you can network them. You can chain them like you can with a MIDI timepiece too. Uh, so this looks very promising. It looks it looks cool. It looks neat. I like the fact that it's in two U and and all the connectors are in the front. And it looks so like it's very easy. Yeah, back. it looks like it's pretty easy to Absolutely. root and root and stuff. Um, Corey, does is MIDI MIDI feature large in your life still, or are you kind of more? Uh, it is. Yeah. I use a little bit of every kind of connection. I mean, this part of the studio that you can see behind me, obviously, is my sense. And so uh, then that goes over like a MIDI USB come around, comes around to this room. Then my uh, groove box and, and Eurorack stuff is on this side of me, on the table, on the desk here. You're going to have whatever the main keyboard is I'm using in front of me from time to time, or most of the times. But this, this MIDI router is... I think is gonna solve a lot of problems for me. One is because of that little breakout box 
with the extra MIDI on there. So I can actually run that with one uh, Cat5, Cat6 cable, run it around the, the to that side and just run that one cable back over here and have that, you know, uh, right in front of me, in front of the computer. It just makes, and, and routing is so easy. You know, you do in, out, there's a click and a click and it's routed. Then there, there's all these little things that, uh, feedback that you get that's so good. Like sometimes you may have a clock. When you got all this MIDI routing going, you may have some rogue clock coming from somewhere. Well, on that screen, it'll show you with a red blinking arrow, like where the clock is coming from, which device. So it makes it easy. So that kind of feedback, that easy routing, and the fact that I can have the other side of my room connected with one wire is brilliant. And, and I don't know that there's anything out there with that kind of flexibility, certainly not at that price point. Yeah, I think it's going to be about three, four, nine, or at least on the Kickstarter, it's uh, all the cheap ones are gone. The reward no longer available. Uh, there's one. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a two nine nine. The two four nine's gone. The one nine nine's gone. Uh, three four nine. So I don't know what the final price is going to be in about uh, February. I think. Um, Dominic, it's something something that 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 you can't. I'm guessing there's quite a lot of keyboards yeah, totally. behind you tucked away. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's anything modern. There's a load of people in the chat saying they're using old stuff. I've got two Unita Unita eight, so it's the same. Each one has eight in and eight outs. Two of them, so I need sixteen in and sixteen outs. So I can just about get away with it. Um, and you, what I was going to say was, you, I mean, everything's coming with USB MIDI and stuff as well. But you just run out of USB ports to dedicate a USB port just to one, a MIDI, one, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy because they're so, so low bandwidth, those things. So, so it's perfect. But these, I mean, these work, but they're kind of a little bit old and clunky. And you get these, I don't know what it's like for Yoad, but you get these classic moments where just with two, you've got them all mapped out to each of the keyboard and then you boot the computer and they've swapped. So that A is now B and B is now A and all the keyboards are mapped wrongly, you know, and then the next day you'll boot the computer up and they'll swap back into a different board <laughs> and stuff. And, um, but it is, it is it's really, really good that that kind of stuff comes out. And it would be, I, I'm just about getting away with it at the moment here, but they are so old. And you can't do kind of clever stuff like saying, like MIDI clock can kind of appear on one port or all of the ports of the eight. You can't say shove MIDI clock down one, three, and five, and you can't, you know, do any filtering apart from stuff that's coming out of um, Ableton or Logic or whatever. So, yeah, I wish I'd thought of this one. It's just such a brilliant idea. And again, with... Um, I keep mentioning things like the Teensy and stuff. You can you can code this stuff up as well. So the technology is there to make this stuff really really cool and cost effective now, which is what they've what they've done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the thing with this is uh, I I can see maybe one half that side that just allows me to plug a host in and a MIDI out, so I can connect for, for reviewing stuff over there. It's just a really quick way. I mean, people in the chat room are saying, "Oh God, stick a bit of CV and gate on it, and you're really cooking." Yeah. And maybe they've got plans for that, but this this looks like this is MRCC by Conductive Labs. If anyone's wondering what we're talking about, it just seems like one of those. Yeah, I mean, the other guys that were doing it are the uh, oh, I'm trying to remember the one that Gaz is always talking about, which I can't put to my hand at the moment. Um, but uh, there are but. Massive multi-port MIDI systems just are quite rare, but the fact that this will distribute a bit of USB action as well, that makes a lot of sense. And that's the trip. That's that's the special source, isn't it? Because people have been trying to do that for a long time. I know that was the thing, uh, certainly with Electron and their. Uh, um, Oh, God, I can't remember the, the editing system where everything becomes an aggregate device. That's doing audio mm. as well. It takes quite a lot of work, so good good for them. Yeah, I think this is going to be a winner. And I could see it being really useful in a smaller version, I guess, because with the host mode, you could plug in some of those uh, um, 
expert sleepers modules, which are just sort yeah. of straight. And yeah. then you get CV yeah. out yeah. and you just, you're there, you're off, you know. And I imagine uh, in your world, that's going to be heaven or something yeah, approaching it. It is. <clears throat> it is. And it's, it is well overdue to have something this convenient and this configurable and with all of these, these different features on it. Because, I mean, the market has exploded with desktop synths and i mean we have more synths and groove boxes now than i think we ever had on the yeah. market at one point <laughs> right? five, so, five in the last two weeks <laughs> just <going> yeah <laughs> exactly so and then when you when you look around you see people with like a million little things on their desks and just imagine all the usb and all the stuff that they're plugging i go through that a lot i'm using cv and then i'm like eh, i've got to go grab the five pin then oh this one usb because i'm plugging unplugging do it'd be nice to just have that stuff routed into one place and it just makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, so do check that out. And the Kickstarter, I think the Kickstarter's got, uh, let's have a look. What's it got? 33 days to go. It's already uh, oversubscribed. So I don't think they're going to have any trouble. Uh, it will only be funded October the 22nd. So 33 days to go. I think that's going to be an easy peasy one. Right. Um, let's just have a little uh, mention from our friends over at Isotope. And then we'll get cracking on some more topics. Presenting Neutron 3. The modern way to mix. Bring your workflow into the 21st century with eight modern mixing tools, all at your fingertips in one Mothership plugin. Starting a mix can take a while, but with the all-new Mix Assistant, Neutron can listen to your audio and quickly suggest a custom starting point for an individual track or set levels for your entire mix. Shape sounds like never before with the new Sculptor module. Match audio to a target sonic profile and instantly sculpt it to sound more like itself or like something else completely. Reach out and touch your audio with Neutron's immersive controls and visualizations. Neutron 3 comes equipped with Visual Mixer, a tool to help you effortlessly manipulate the landscape of your mix. Neutron 3 the modern way to mix. And you can always check that out over at isotope.com. Uh, you get 10-day uh, free demos of all of that stuff. And, of course, we had a, a competition last week. And uh, well, uh, let's do the details of this week's competition. Uh, we're giving away, or uh, Isotope are very kindly giving away, a copy of Neutron 3 Advanced. And I'm looking for the hashtag Smarter Mixing, uh, which is one word, and the hashtag Neutron 3, sorry, uh, to at Sonic State and at Isotoping. That's a Twitter competition. So the hashtag Smarter Mixing, one word, and the hashtag Neutron3 to at Sonic State and at Isotoping. And uh, there is no show next week, but we'll be picking a winner for the week after. And we do have a winner uh, from last week's show. Uh, it's, I'm very pleased to say it's actually a chap called Neil Barbu, who I've seen his name show up endlessly in the results but the um the supercomputer never picks him the random number never never gets to him but it's, it's actually got him so congratulations neil barbu who is uh, at neil boards uh the twitter handle uh, we ask you to tweet uh, repair mixmaster neutral three and he says yes please well your wish is my command if you want to get in touch we'll have the kind people over at isotope uh send you a copy right uh where am i i'm looking for this here we go yeah this is the uh yamaha 45 years of synthesis now this is or 45 years of making synthesis um i think it was 2000 uh, uh sorry 1974 sy1 was first built and that was their first synth um a, a, 
and I think it might have even had sort of a, like an aftertouch thing, capability built on, if I remember correctly. Uh, this is going to be held uh, over the September 22nd and 23rd, which is this weekend coming, uh, in Hamamatsu, which is where their uh, headquarters is. And I'm very excited to announce we're going. In fact, after this show, I'm jumping on a train to go to Heathrow and we're flying out tomorrow morning and we go straight to Hamamatsu and we're going to be filming some interviews with some of the Yamaha engineers. We're going to be doing a tour of their museum. We're going to be looking at some of the... the classic since they've got there talking to the artists so we're going to get a whole bunch of content so follow us on facebook and instagram well, i'm sure we'll be posting of various uh, stages and dilapidation of our jet lag as we approach um, but 45 years of making synthesizers uh, there's also, also there's a 50 years with samsung this week samsung have been in business for 50 years so this is a big achievement i'm just wondering okay who what what is your favourite Yamaha synthesizer? And I'm disqualifying the CS80 because everybody <laughs> always says that. Okay, we'll take that as a given. What? So you know, out of all the stuff they've made over that, that time, is there something that you feel kind of like an affinity with? And I'm going to come to. Uh, let me see. Who should I come to first? Um, uh, my fastest finger. First. I'm going to Yoad first because I know you've got a CS40 sitting outside waiting for repair in your CS, hallway. Uh, so no, 70. yeah, CS70. 70. 70. Actually, yeah, yeah. Um, I love the DX7. I just love it. I used to use it uh, back in the day. Uh, it's a nightmare to program it on, you know, on the front panel, yeah, on board, yeah. Uh, but I used to have a, a program for the Atari DX Droid, uh, which you know, which allowed you to uh, to do it via CSX. Really love it. I mean, it's it's quite complicated, and uh, you have to really think and plan ahead what you're going to do. It's not just about turning knobs and and seeing what ha what what happens. It, you have to know what you're doing. And I learned so much in, about FM synthesis uh, and about synthesis in in general because I was very young when uh, when I was uh, playing with it. Um, love it. I I can't say. I used to have a few other DX, uh, a few other Yamaha synths, uh, TG77, which is again four engines of uh, of DX7 plus uh, PCM, uh, a really really powerful machine. But I haven't been using it, so I sold it. TJ33, TJ55. I used, I, I had a few over the years, but oh, actually, I do have the AN1X. Which ah, is yeah, a that's great supposed to be a synthesis. bit of a classic. That's yeah. a really, really great synth. It, it, it has the, the sounds on it are amazing. The sounds of the presets you can get are amazing. The, the actual sonic quality is not, you know, it, it's not HD. So the converters, the D2As, or something about it, it, it sounds a bit dull but it's quite big for for actually it, it it kind of compensates for the fact that it's digital because it sounds warm and it sounds big um it's not so sparkly but uh it's a really really great uh great synth <clears throat> yeah but still you know you can't argue with the dx7 dx7 is oh and i have to mention the gs1 the gs1 was a was a beast is that the and, I, and i had the opportunity it's it's the wooden one. It's FM. Um, I don't actually know what the engine. Maybe it's like the DX5 or something with two yeah, DX7 engines. I can't remember, how, engines I can't remember the something F like yeah. that. How those little strips that you fed into it to to program voices, like magnetic strips. Yeah, it was. A, I had the opportunity to record it once. It's a beautiful machine. It costs like a house or something, but. Uh, 
that was something <laughs> that I would really love to to have. There's also the TX, um, you know, the, the the kind of rack version. The, of the oh yeah, TX eight uh, TX eight one zero to eight one six. I think that was. So you have you get uh, eight TX sevens with uh, with balanced output. So you can hear the the noise of the converters, the eight bit converters. You can hear it. Uh, in full glory <laughs> more louder yeah <laughs> uh, so that's but 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 you can get the, the yeah yeah the x7 okay that, that, the all right that's i'm i'm glad to hear that you've you've got a we've got a strong vote for the dx okay i'm going to go to you cory uh, i'm guessing i don't know is is yamaha figure strongly in the kind of world of hip-hop in terms of sounds in classic sounds i suppose some of those bass sounds the uh the, the four-op bass sounds would have been real real classics like lately bass and uh uh i can't remember there's another one as well which uh, solid bass of course yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, Yamaha's made some pretty formidable workstations for, for hip hop and R&B. So those things live in infamy. But <clears throat> one of the things, obviously, you disqualified me right at the beginning. The first thing I was <laughs> going to mention, but you're right. That's the juggernaut of the conversation, right? But the one thing that came to mind was I had a buddy who used to always bug me. Well, not bug me, but he, he had a hankering for the uh, Yamaha RS7000. And uh, with that was, me, the, was that the sampler? Yeah, it was a sampler sequence that I think it had a synth in it. And, and for some reason had, a, you know, this buddy of mine really was crazy about this thing. He's in Chicago. I'm in uh, California. And so he would always be checking Craigslist in California <laughs> because apparently there's better goodies on Craigslist in California than there is in Chicago. So I found him one and I brought that thing home. And I always wondered, like, what is he so crazy about? But when I got it home, I realized I was like, actually, the thing is is pretty cool. It doesn't. I think it was ahead of its time, but it is a little complicated to uh, uh, to program and stuff. Yeah. And so I've known some people to do some pretty dope beats on it. it does uh, some way advanced, at least at that time, some way advanced like sampling, mangling, and all kinds of different stuff that a lot of software might do today. Uh, but yeah, I think that's one of those sleepers that a few people know about uh, mm, that I think is pretty Okay, cool. that's an interesting concept. Okay, well, uh, yeah. over to you then, Dominic. Uh, your your choice for the uh, young uh, you've hit. You've wiped me out. I would I would have said, obviously, the DX7 is, is, is an obvious one. I mean, it's... It's hard to realize now what a game changer that synth was, if only for the fact that it meant live keyboard players didn't have to carry a roads around or yeah. push a roads around. It's the first time I've seen, like like back in those days where you'd have a roads piano player and maybe a synth on top of Minimoog or something, those roads pianos are really, really heavy and the Yamaha CS pianos. Um, and the DX7 was the first time they could go out with two, two flight cases of little synths. Um, but uh, outside of that, um, it's an odd one, but I love the master keyboard. It's a 88 keyboard, KX88. I always, always wanted one. And I've seen a few come up for sale recently. And unfortunately, the membrane switches that you had on the DX7s and stuff are beginning to suffer a bit now in their, in their old age. But the feel on that keyboard doesn't make a sound, but it was the first proper, really pro MIDI keyboard controller. Poly Aftertouch, I believe it had as well. Didn't yeah, it? and the, the feel is brilliant. The, the feel is amazing. Um, so that's that's one. And it, honestly, if they were, if you could repair those membrane switches, maybe you can. I mean, they crack, basically. The, the switches don't break, yeah. but the, the covering of the surface cracks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, nothing you can't fix without um, no more nails and a hammer in my, in my house. Um, I've also got... A TX802 in the right. Oh, yeah, I remember that was, a, it's, it's off that that was one of the most horrible things to program ever. 
yeah, it I is really that. horrible. But it's got those classic bass sounds and there's a classic kind of clavichord sound, which it just cuts through everything if you want something kind of nasty. In, it's, in uh, it was, that was multi-timbre, wasn't it? Was it an eight-part multi-timbre yes, device? Yes, yeah, eight-part like... multi-timbre. You don't get many notes on the eight parts. Um, but it's kind of space-to-sound ratio is really, really cool. It sits there, it sits there and does stuff. And I've just bought a DX21 second-hand off of a good friend. Oh, you um, one of them. Gonna, yeah, that I'm going to use to play into one of those talk boxes, you know, where you've got the tube in your mouth. And going, wah, wah, wah. Are you getting a breath controller? A, pre- <laughs> a, 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 a oh, guaranteed, unused, eyes. still boxed, unwrapped <laughs> breath controller. No, this is one of those, those proper Rocktron Banshee things that guitarists use, but I'm going to stick my, my dear new DX21 through it. But yeah, those, the those, dribble those pipe. Breath I'm gonna, that's the dribble pipe. The that's dribble pipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dribble so, pipe. I'll do a, I'll do a... guaranteed unused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Okay, there we got the, we've got the, the title there. Unused dribble pipe, I think, is. Uh, is, is, is so that was. I'll, I'll report okay. back next time I'm on as to how many diseases I've managed to catch in the meantime. Nice. Well, um, I, we I, I've got something because we're going to go next week when we go well, or this week rather Saturday. I think we're going to go and see because Yamaha they've got it's called the Innovation Road, which is like a tour through all of their stuff and they've got a gx1 um, which is for those of you who don't know was the sort of it is an organ format but it's not really an organ three eight two three eight voice polyphonic synths and a, and a top keyboard now uh, this is it anyway this but this this great this is great this video i found this is a guy called um hidemi saito who was basically pioneering the use of these yamaha gx1s in the home organ kind of vibe so this is him playing it's just, I can't believe that you would be using a 60 grand organ to play this kind of thing. But I suppose at the first time, it's very advanced. But what I was going to say is the GX1, I've been doing some facts and figures on it because I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they're going to let me play it. Um, but the main console is 300 kilograms. The, uh, the, the, the foot, be- you know, the, the bass pedals is another 90 kilograms. And then the two speakers, I think there's two speakers, big speaker stacks, is yet another, I think it's coming like 400 kilograms. So the combined weight of a full GS1 system is, GX. GX1 system is 952 kilograms. And Abba used to tour with one. You, that's just, isn't that an awesome fact, uh, folks? I mean, that's just one of my favorite facts and figures. I mean, I can't imagine anybody with any sanity. They made, they were 60 grand new. So that works out as something like 300,000 quid in today's prices is what they so that is so i'm hoping we're going to have a talk with one of those and hopefully get to play it a bit and i might even do a five minutes with it if i'm left alone with it for five minutes but but yeah so that's my choice uh just because it's out so outrageous and the more (laughs) i've been looking at the the thing is more i've been looking at the yamaha stuff you know they made the gx1 they made the gs1 they made the vl1 and the vp1 mass and they reckon it cost two million pounds to develop the gx1 okay and they sold about they somewhere between seventy and hundred, so they would have recouped and made some money. But the VL one and the VP one, VP one they didn't sell. I think they sold two. So this huge amount of R and D gone into these technologies that just didn't 
connect with the the, the, the buying public. And, uh, you know, that's that's something we're just never going to see today anymore, you know, that sort of thing. And it kind of maybe gives you an insight into why Roland, uh, Roland and Yamaha, these companies, when they have a technology that they've gone with, they're milking it because they got burned so badly in the 80s by mm-hmm. investing all this money in stuff. And it, it was like, you know, so they had, you know, they, they had FM and they had AWM, two really big hits. And then they had the physical modeling, which was a massive flop, I suppose, commercially, but must have cost a fortune. So I guess, you know, two out of three. So, yeah, an interesting. So, we'll, we'll, but we'll be seeing that and a VP1. VP1, there were only two, and they've got one of them. So I'm. I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be nice. exciting. So that'll be, and there's a live stream. There's content will be put in later, but the live streams are going to be, you know, they're on Facebook. So there'll be a link on, um, I'll put a link in the show notes um, uh, and, and whatnot. Okay. Um, gosh, what else have we got? There is, uh, we've done Conductive Lab. We've done the, um, I might have to be a quick one because I've got, actually got to go and get off the, uh, I've got to go and get on um, on a train in a minute. Oh, not in a minute, but so, so would anyone like to choose? Corey, you, you've been not been on for long. Is there a topic remaining that you would uh, would like to discuss particularly uh, more than any of the others, or have we covered everything that you have any interest in? Um, you could be brutal. I know, the BCV rack for iOS, I think, is dope. I think that's a really good point. Yeah, they, well, they, here's, yeah. here we go. This is the uh, uh, Peter Kern, once again, got a great story. Uh, this is... VCV Rack, as we know, has just hit version one, and it's added a whole bunch of things. And in the meantime, there's a guy called, uh, now, what's his name? He's called uh, Vitaly Pronkin, and he's uh, an app developer. He's actually just started working for In Music, like in July. So I don't know whether this thing will be shelved or whether it's going to keep going. But he's been porting the VCV Rack kind of concept to run on iPad, because on the modern stuff, it's going to be really powerful. And I think this interface will really work well. And if you can get the the store working so people can buy, I think this could be an absolutely brilliant concept. So if VCV Rack, for those who don't know it, it's a free open source, uh, or, or not open, I think it's open source, or is it one of those, where you can basically, you download the basic package, you get a whole bunch of, of stuff for free, and then you enhance it with modules. But you don't need to spend any money to get a really powerful modular emulator system which will interface with multiple audio interfaces it's a brilliant piece of software so having this on an ipad could well be an absolute winner over to you cory <laughs> do you not agree yeah uh, yeah no i totally agree and and especially too so um what i've noticed and like i went to east la and was teaching kids about synthesis with some buddies and we were doing that and one of the things that they come up to after is like you know cost of entry how do we get involved and that's one of the things we recommend vcv rack and now that it's on ios i mean that opens up a whole load of possibilities and and the fact that he kind of he's kind of building this whole ecosystem around it where other developers are contributing and i mean i think it's 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 pretty dope like you know, just a couple of years ago, there was no way you could have that kind of entry point. And, and it sounds good and it really gives you sort of the, the feeling, obviously, without the physical plugin, but you're patching. You're still patching. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a lot of learning that can come from it. There's a lot of, you know, actual real productions and sketches and everything that can come from it. So I would totally yeah, agree with it. that. It, I, it reminds yeah. me a little bit of the experience that we had, Yoad, where we've met um, in non-real life, like we are now, many, many, many times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when we mm-hmm. met and finally, mm-hmm. there was a familiarity that was always there. And I think VCV Rack can provide the same thing. So you, you, you kind of meet virtually all your modules and then you go and buy mm-hmm. some and then suddenly you've got, then you've got a familiarity with it. I know I, this is the sort Perfect of thing that, that that gives programmers a good name. I would say, wouldn't you say, yeah? This just seems like it's a no-brainer, right? Yeah, 
it uh, it looks it looks pretty neat um i'm struggling with uh, the use of of modular synth i have a system a small system here behind me and uh, i'm i haven't been using it because it's i don't know it's just you can't uh, run it from the center section of your console that's what it is isn't it yeah exactly <laughs> uh no it's just that that i work kind of quickly and i get things done and i have ideas and i just use whatever i have ready and i have quite a lot of other stuff which are ready and and i i've programmed some presets for for them and some for other plugins as well and i tend to to just use plugins i haven't really uh incorporated the ipad into my workflow as such um so i'm not sure i'm toying with the idea of there's like one i don't know that there's a, a, a panel that I can pull out from the desk and I was toying with the idea of maybe having it in the desk and right. that's something that will probably be be cool because I hate having uh, loads of wires and USB plugs and and uh, chargers and things like that so if it's something that is kind of in the it's desk maybe yeah. I'll use it yeah, I, but, I can uh, see, I can see that working really well for you actually, because if you just basically have VCV rack or something equivalent, I mean Softube makes something as well, connected to a, a dedicated audio uh, interface that is uh, DC coupled, then essentially all you've mm -hmm. got to do is patch and and you're off. You know that oh, that would work really well. Yeah, possibly, possibly, but you know, but I have the the, the matrix, the Arturia matrix brute that I haven't been using much at all you know i have so much stuff to go through before i get to to this yeah um but it's great yeah yeah well uh, dominic as a as a recently christened ipad developer i suppose this, uh, this, <laughs> yeah. this, this is a very uh, I pertinent so topic for you lads. i feel so so sorry for you having to go through all that kit there's just that big piles of stuff he has to go through before he can buy some more <laughs> <laughs> It's killed. It's like terrible. Buyer's remorse. <laughs> when, when we start, this is this is a this is a fabulous thing. Um, a couple of things that just come to mind. You mentioned it before that ESA. I'll just switch my camera angle because I've got this modular thing here. That ESA there is is a USB interface that does audio and CV. So you can put your modular kit anywhere, and then one USB cable goes into the computer for Ableton or Logic, and then you can squirt signals in and out. So all your patching goes on over here. So you can send sounds into it. And I think I've said before, I use mine more as an effects rack than as a, as a synth. So you can squirt stuff out of the computer, a vocal or a synth sound, push it through everywhere. Um, and it also means you only really need to buy the external kit that uh, can't be replicated perfectly internally. So for example, there are some delays and some effects that you can add. Um, which could really be replicated on board by a plugin very simply, but there might be an oscillator that you can buy, which is hard because it's an old analog thing to do. So you're saving money on that yeah. whole kind of envelopes, aspect. LFOs, that sort of thing. It can exactly. all be done in software. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But something that you're missing is a tactile knobs on the front, and and sonically, if there's something in there that you can't really get get your your hands on um, with a plugin. But if you can take VCV rack in uh, an iPad or anywhere really and squirt it into there, then the world really is your oyster. And I think from um, from what Corey was saying, like the, the educational side of it, it doesn't have to be for kids, but for everyone knowing how to plug stuff in and what an oscillator does into an envelope, into a thing, and knowing what happens when you just plug things in the wrong way. And the advantage mm. of, of an iPad is you can't blow anything up. Um, and one of the great things about 
modular is generally you can plug anything into anything, but you have to be a bit careful that an output generally always goes to an input. And it is quite easy to make a few mistakes that can be a little bit costly. But within within the iPad, then you know you're you're absolutely sorted. So if you can get that hybrid working out of it, then you're gonna be sitting on the train doing a new patch and then you know plug it in really, really simply. There are a couple of hurdles. I know there's um the licensing, the open source licensing um is uh, not particularly compatible with the App Store, but maybe yeah, maybe he's going to have to make it free. I mean, maybe he'll just make it free. I don't know. I don't even know if it's that simple. It's the reuse no. of the code. But yeah, yeah, I mean, open source is brilliant. Um, <clears throat> but let's just let's just see where he gets to. It sounds a little preemptive. It's a brilliant idea, but it really is one bloke who's compiled it on under Xcode, I think, and, and it almost works. So I really hope it gets the push to. Well, I, do, I have the page here. Hold on, I have the page here. He says, uh, now the work is done and Mirac will soon be available on the App Store. I mean, the thing is, he is also oh, a bona fide, he's a bona fide developer. So I would imagine he's been talking to the VCV Rack people because right. he he's right, right, right. he's not just some guy. He's actually he seems to be a music yeah, yeah, developer. Yeah. So maybe you know. I, uh, be... I must have been a bit behind. I didn't I didn't see that one. It was back at the stage where it was kind of early days. So that's that's outstanding if you can get it out. There. Yeah. Well, this was posted September thirteenth. So maybe. You know, maybe we're nearly there. Awesome. Well, guys, I'm going to I'm going to wrap things up a little bit because I've got to go home, finish my packing, get in a cab, get to the station and, and do all of those things. Uh, remember, there won't be any show next week uh, because we'll be I'll be on a plane somewhere over Europe or I don't know what time. <laughs> yeah, and I land. No, I land. I'll, I'll be landing in. I'll be two hours outside of Heathrow this step. So I won't be. But I won't be doing a podcast. Is the short answer to that. But I want to say thank you very much to our uh, sponsors. Uh, don't forget check out the Softube uh, Monument Base, uh, Softube.com, and also Isotopes Neutron Three. You can enter the competition. In fact, if I just quickly pop that up again, we can plug it one more time. We're looking for uh, Neutron Three Advanced. You can, you can win. Which is uh, we're looking for the hashtag Smarter Mixing and the hashtag Neutron Three to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's on Twitter. So thank you very much. So, guys, thank you for joining us. Um, um, Corey, great to have you on. You're welcome anytime. I know you're busy and it's difficult timing-wise, but always welcome. So yeah. thank you. And what's next for you? What's your uh, what's next happening next in the big music world, music side of life? <clears throat> um, well, I got a couple of live stream, ModBap live streams coming up and a couple sample packs that I'm designing uh, in conjunction with um, uh, one particular modular company where I'm making a sample pack out of their oscillator. So that's going to be cool. I'll, I'll shoot you the information once it's done. But yeah, yeah please do. Cool thing. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I wish you all the best and thank you once again for joining us. Don't forget uh, B Boy Tech Report. You can see it there at the bottom in his, uh, in his URL there, I think. And also, Mr. Yoad Nevo, thank you for joining us as well. Um, pleasure to have you. Uh, a I hope uh, you could go back to wrestling SysX with uh, multiple uh, Waldorfs uh, now. Uh, that, that, I, I'm sure that will keep you busy for a little while longer. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but but yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us as well. And also, Mr. Dominic Enjoy Hawkins. Japan. Yes, I will. Thank you. Also, uh, Dominic Hawken, uh, don't forget, check out Snuggle, Snuggle Sounds app on the iTunes store if you have a need for sleep. I think Please I might do. do. Even if you don't, just to, to get it and, you know, try it out. Yeah, because it's friend. free, right? Exactly. It's free. It's free. Okay. Well, thank you very much, folks. Uh, that's it for this week. I will uh, cut to the four shot and we can wave ourselves off into oblivion. That's it for this time. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. <laughs> <laughs>